Hey everyone, welcome to the Breakthrough Breakdown. In this podcast, we'll be breaking down the sermon from the previous week, diving into theological discussions, and even having some fun. Make sure to join us every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple Music, and download our Zion Lutheran Church app for more updates. And with that, we hope you enjoy the Breakthrough Breakdown. That's what I was going to say, by the way. <laughs> In, the 1800s, no. In the 1800s, there was... All right. Hey, welcome to the Breakthrough Breakdown. I'm Jason. I'm Kate. I'm Sean. I'm John. That's okay. The way you said that was so great. I'm John. That's right. Like, super joyful. It was today. very joyful. And... Gonna, I, I'm, I'm turning on my radio voice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Bring it on. Hello, everyone. <laughs> there we All right. So I got Okay. So we just celebrated Easter. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what's your favorite part of Easter? Not just this Sunday, but in general. What's your favorite part of Easter? Uh, okay, so spring has always been my favorite season, and before I knew Jesus, I loved just the everything coming alive and green coming back, sun coming back. You know, a lot of people in the Midwest have, like, seasonal depression because we go for so long without the natural vitamin D that we get from, you know, the sun. And so you get this kind of the, the gloomies, and spring is just so great. And then now to add Jesus into that and how how beautifully that like awakened theme and that um, being alive and reborn goes alongside of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. I just really like that, the new life that comes from it. Cool. She is a virtuous woman. That's not the answer I was going to give. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say? My favorite part of Easter is when I get to go to random people's houses and go Easter egg hunting when I was a kid. And they, and like. Wow, well, yeah, she's way more spiritual than you are. <laughs> so I went to, it was my friend, it was the twins. I went to their family's Easter. And, but so like they're more on the wealthier side. So they do Easter eggs with money inside. Mm-hmm. And I made two hundred and fifty dollars off. What? <laughs> off of what wait, egg. what kind of Easter egg hunt? I need to. <laughs> where do they live? Can I be friends with this, these people? This is back. This is, they still do it to this day. But I was not invited back, obviously. Because uh, you took all the money. Did you like go and like steal people's well, money I from their two, baskets? I made two fifty, and like my buddies. So like one of the twins made. 180, the other one made like 200, but I made 250, and they're like... Were there only three of you, or were there more people? No, it was like 20 kids. We just were we just were good at it. Yeah, no, my <laughs> guess is you were bullying people. <laughs> You're like, hey, is that an egg? Oh, and you push them aside. I see you. So I see you. Was, no, so, but I was saying, ugh, to her. This is when I realized story, that I'm old. You don't like spring? No, because like, things come yeah, to life, then pollen yeah. come out. Well, he's yeah. also from Georgia, so yeah. spring is, is three it's quarters of the year. It's like practically a rainforest down there. Yeah, we yeah. basically it's have so two hot. seasons. But it gets really winter humid. Winter and not you'll winter. See, you'll see it in Iowa. It mm-hmm. does get very humid here, but it's not all the time. It's not Georgia yeah. humid. Mm. So you it's don't get human. to acclimate to it. And you never get uh, to acclimate to our weather. Where it's like, no. just when you think that, like, okay, I think I've got it down. And like then it, it snows. And then all of a sudden, you're like, it's July and it's snowing. Yeah, it's like false And winter. it's winter and it's 70 degrees. And you're like, what is <laughs> yeah. going on? I don't understand. That's fine. Yeah, I like spring. How about you, John? What's your What's your favorite part about Easter? We know Sean doesn't love Jesus. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, as a kid, yeah, doing some Easter egg hunting. But... Uh, <laughs> It's a musician. I think, Not now uh, if he's told you what he did. I think I think mine's a little bit less 
impressive, a little, little, bit, <laughs> little bit less financially uh, stable. A lemon drop, yes! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a now and later, yeah! This Order. stuff is awesome! <laughs> no, I, I like, uh, I, I do like Easter, you know, Easter afternoons, usually with family. Uh, we always would... We always would have shocker. John hugs uh, the family. <laughs> we always we always had uh, uh, we always go to my grandpa's house, uh, his farm, and your grandpa's we'd have, pretty awesome. We'd have uh, um, oh, so this was my other grandpa. So he you lived have two on a awesome farm. grandpas. I did. Yeah. Um, you didn't he, bring it up. He, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's where we would hunt for Easter eggs, and we would uh, we'd have ham Christmas or not Christmas Easter ham. So that was always my favorite Easter. part. Yeah. This year was not, not to interrupt you, Jason, but this That's year fine. I laughed when John said like, oh, usually with family, because this year we was like our first year not being around family for Easter. So we went, I went in my jammies. John didn't go in his jammies, but I was in my jammies. And we went to China Buffet for supper. Oh. <laughs> I wish I would have known I would have had you guys over for dinner. It was so good. No, we had a much better time, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> I had no makeup on. My hair was a mess. I looked so, like I fell asleep I after church. Because you did. And I, I fit in, man. Yeah. Like, these were my people. So, so check this out. Like, next year, we've already determined we're not going to host. We're just going to go out to eat. Good for you. China Buffet might be where we're going. Um, it was so Did they good. have crab legs? Yeah. No, they didn't no. have crab legs, but they had a ton of good seafood. No though. one ever has crab legs at buffet places anymore. Just go to Red There's a shortage. There's a no, shortage right now. No, They're really expensive. Where do you want to go to this man? No, I just want, okay, first of all, I want an all-you-can-eat crab leg. Yeah. They used to have those at, at Red Lobster back in the day. Yeah. Now, here's when I realize I'm older. Sean goes, when I was a kid, which is like eight years ago for you. When I was a kid was 40 years ago, 30, 35 years ago. Listen, just because I'm blessed. Doesn't mean you can't like take down my youthness. No, know? I'm not taking. No, it's awesome. I'm, it just reminded me. I'm like, wow. When you're like, when I was a kid, when I was like 12, and I'm like, that's 12 years ago for you. <laughs> sure. 12 years ago for me was more than 12 years ago. <laughs> well, okay. So we're in Awaken series, and uh, okay. On one side note on Easter again, the video of the kids. Of course, when they come to my kid and like, what do you do for Easter? My son goes. <laughs> We celebrate stuff, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> said at the church. Yeah, the, at the sunrise service, the youth sunrise service, the the videos we played of the kids' testimony videos of like asking questions of like, what's your favorite part of Easter? And so many of them, it was just a family, montage. It was family. Fun. It was family. so funny. Family, 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 family. Nah. And then yeah, yeah, your My, your son, the was, pastor's kid. The pastor's kid. Do you celebrate Easter? How do you celebrate Easter? We do. <laughs> I was, that was essentially what it was. I was like, oh. Oh, there we go. All right. So my favorite part of Easter, no lie, is the ham. Because here's the thing. The only time you can eat, really eat ham when it's thick cut and not be weird. Think about it. Tell me one other time you have ham thick cut other than on a holiday. Oh, that's actually, that's actually pretty accurate. Do you know right? why we eat ham for Easter? Yes, it's because it's our way of saying to the Jews, ha ha. That is not it. <laughs> Surprise. I actually do know the reason, but go ahead. Because it cures all winter. I know. And it's finished curing mm. in the spring. But it's, I think oh. it's funnier to say it was the Christian's oh. way of saying, you can't have none. <laughs> We're free in Jesus. Free in Jesus. <laughs> Y'all missed my dance. I was I, dancing. Okay. Uh, so let's get on to the, <laughs> the message. Uh, all right. So we're almost to the end of the Awaken series. And this one was being talking about Awaken to Wholeness, uh, Awaken to Life. And uh, so 
when you think about the church as, and we talked about this, the difference between an organization and an organism, what, let, let's just be, let's start off with the dark side first. What's the downside of the church being an organism? Oh, yeah. Not a, besides Darth Vader, Darth Vader over the, here. Darth. Sorry. Darth Yawn. <laughs> I think that the, the dark side of being an organism or being a life force, being, being alive, is that it's messy. It's yeah. real. It's... That's even even with the best of intentions. What were we? We were having a conversation. Me and another staff member. I can't remember who it was, or even really what the topic was. But it was kind of like I had one thing that I needed or wanted, and the other staff member had another thing that they needed or wanted, and it was so complicated. We were being mm. so careful with each other. We were so compassionate and trying to hear the other side of try, how do we make this work? How do you put it together? And we, I mean, we were being very loving to each other. We, it wasn't a conflict, but it was just trying to make two things mm. work. Now you take all of humanity or like all of the church, all of everybody's individual life stuff, yeah. And try to make that work. Like it's, it's messy. It's messy. Yeah. And and when it's an organization on paper or in policy in a notebook, it's so sterile. Like yeah. there's no room for things to grow, bad right. things or good things. Like bacteria grows, right? Like, <laughs> but bacteria, you, you need that for gut health. Like yeah. being alive means growing and changing and conflict and, and dying off and all yeah. of that. And organizations grow, but they don't. There's no breath. There's it's more no, of a process. It's it's a, it's, it's very um, what's that word where it's static like yeah, this well, then this then this. And I think about even in organizations, if when churches and there are churches that try to run like an organization, yes. organizations don't care about people. People are a number to organizations. Yes. So you're a, you're a product. You're a bottom line. Mm-hmm. But even an employee. So this is why churches it's so painful when a staff member has to leave. When yeah. a staff member gets fired or a pastor fails or sin happens in the church, which it's going to, is because there's a relational dynamic to it, yeah. Yeah. which is in an organization. You get fired from McDonald's. They just hire another number yeah. to come and work at McDonald's. Yeah. It's part of with, like, a lot of churches when you when you have somebody, even if it's on the best of terms, when somebody's like, all right, I'm stepping away. I'm going somewhere else. Called for whatever reason, I'm called. Uh, yeah, yeah, going to a different church and somewhere, somewhere else. It's it's always like it's not just a person quitting a job. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. you don't want it to be. It doesn't usually feel like that. It, it there's there is that relational connection, and and then yeah, you have the churches that are more on the side of, well, the people who are coming through the doors are just. Numbers. Just another number, what just another person. Yeah. Well, and, they, and it hurts when someone leaves a church, even when they leave for good reasons. Yeah. It hurts. It does because there's it feels like there's a loss of relationship. I don't think people really realize how badly it hurts a church family of like when you even if it's under good terms, even yeah. if it's like yeah, this just works better, or like oh, I, for our kids it worked better, or whatever. Like oh, it's closer to our house. Whatever good reason you have, it's like, yeah, but you're like family to me. And it's that much It's that much harder when they leave yeah. for bad reasons or the Amen. reason doesn't feel justified. Like, I know we've, we've lost people and had people come Amen. that came to church because they moved into the community. Like, if there's ever a time to, to go to a different church, it's when you move into a different community. I totally get that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because a lot of times people are like, man, I want my kids to be around. I want to be around people yeah. that are in my community. But when people leave over issues or the new shiny penny, and and I'll sure. say it, I'll just say it from a pastoral perspective, um, 
that's the hardest part because when people say don't take it personally, and, so, and I think the difference between organism, organism and an organ, organization is there's a relationship, there's a there's a personal issue yeah. or a personal connection to an organism, whereas an organization, it's it's a separate thing. It doesn't have feelings or emotions. Yeah. Right. Were you going to say something, Sean? No, I was okay. no, <laughs> no. just thinking. Um, so when we talk about the dark side, I mean, and, and this is also, I think, the dark side is also the beauty of it the is. organism. It's that when we all actually understand our brokenness. Yeah. And we understand that none of us are perfect. And, and one of the statements that we kind of, some of you honed in on, is it's not about our perfection, or it's about our health. Instead of chasing yeah. perfection, the goal is to chase healthiness. Even Pastor Derek, like when we were doing the sermon read-through, had said, we could do a whole series on that yeah. idea. And and it's, so when you think about it, you know, the authors of the New Testament, with their picture of the New Testament church, I mean, they use language that's very relational-based. It's it's organic. It's, you know, the church is a body. It's the bride of Christ. And they do use building imagery, mm-hmm. But then you have Peter who calls it a living stone. Mm-hmm. And so when you when you think about the church, when is the church at its best when it's operating in relationship? Yeah. So we're talking about like the good side. Like you can't can't have the dark without the light. And you know, if we're talking about being an organism and how is that beneficial then? Like how is this a blessing to us? How how does God's good favor and his ultimate will that as he's building the church, he allowed us to be like this, to be a living thing. Yeah. You know, can we see God's goodness in that? Absolutely. I think that's the best part of it is I wouldn't have my husband in the relationship that I was able to build and form. I wouldn't have the community of a tight-knit group of woman friends that are like my peers, not only are they my age group and we have kids around the same age, but we have the same faith. We have the same savior and we talk about that freely being able. It's not that you can't talk about your faith freely outside of the church. And I hope you do. And I hope we do encourage our members at Zion to talk about Jesus outside the church, but it is a different kind of familial um, comfort level to be able to do it within the walls. Like, no, this is what I'm here to do. My intention is stated the moment I step into this building is to worship the one true God. And we get to do that together. And I think being an organism allows for much deeper relationship, much more honest and authentic um, growth together, being able to partner with Sean in a way that, you know, kids and worship truly glorify God. We wouldn't be able to do that in a sterile setting to see what just throw things together and see what grows. Amen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think about what you said, uh, Kate, about like, the the authenticity of a particular organism in this case like like a church you know that's where the the messiness of it comes where it's like yeah, yeah i would i think me personally i would prefer it if it was something by the book and very clinical and very well, we all do this thing and then we're good and it's, <laughs> it's nice and neat and tidy and in a row but it's not that way usually. Like there isn't a one formula to yeah. making disciples or to living a godly life or, you know, whatever it happens to be, fill in the blank. And being with people, really having that authentic connection like you were talking about usually comes with a bit of muck, 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. and, well, and I even think about, and, and sh, you know, Sean's from Georgia, so you'll you'll be able to appreciate this. If you go to a Chick Fil A, mm. every Chick Fil A essentially looks the same. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter if you go to Chick Fil A in yeah, Chick Fil A. <laughs> I could eat you seven times a day. There we go. Uh, but you go to Chick Fil A or McDonald's or Zach's uh, Zaxby's. Come Zaxby's. On you go. You go to any of those. <sighs> The thing with franchise with an organization is you go to you go to one in Georgia, you can go to one in California, you go to one here. They're all essentially going to look the same, feel the same. Sure. And they do have a distinct cultural personality, but it doesn't matter. You you go to we have five churches in our area, and every single one of them has a very different personality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of one of the core differences, and also what makes church such a beautiful opportunity. Yeah. Is when you realize that, like Zion, even our we have two communities. We have two very distinct personalities in our communities. Okay, so Sean, I'm going to ask you, as someone who's been here five months now, six months? Yeah, going on six now. Going on six months now. Um, what's it like coming from a personality? I mean, you came from a culture church, a different personality. Oh, yeah. Church. You come to a different personality here. And, and here's the thing. If we go in and expect one personality to be like ours, like if I go to another church, say, well, why aren't you more like that? Yeah. That's like me going to John and saying, well, why aren't you more like Sean? Or Sean, why aren't you more like the other John? There's two Johns in the room. <laughs> um, and, and yet I think that's what happens. A lot of times they get into comparison mode. Yeah. And so I'd be curious, and I know how my experience was. What's been your experience six months in coming from a cultural difference, but also your church had a personality difference? Yeah. Um, and paint it as positive a light as possible because <laughs> the goal is not a critique. I don't want it to be yeah, a critique. Yeah. I want, um, like, what's that like for you coming into a different personality? Um, it, for me personally, it's it's just been it's been fun just because like, um, how messy it can get, but not like but not like messy in a, in a bad way. It's just as messy as just like because like I have it's like because of the background I come from. And uh, of the of you're more Baptist, Baptist and non denom like <laughs> statistically. Which, by so, the way, non denominational is still just Baptist. So, it's, <laughs> so, we, so coming and like coming up, you know, coming up here, it was just like um, me just throwing myself into like just a new, yeah, like a new world. And but like still seeing, still seeing how cool this still like. I mean, from this, from Zion, from my old church, the young, like the the only difference is is really the personality. Yeah. Um. So like the the adjustment has just been honestly just the adjustment of people, and like I but that, but personally that's my favorite part. It's like I like I like I like the mess. Like I don't I don't like the clean the cleanness of the things. I like I I like the messiness yeah. that that people bring because like uh, there's. Like, <laughs> There's um, I'm cool shifting things. a little bit uncomfortably in my seat. Yeah. Just thinking about <laughs> the messiness. Because, yeah, yeah. because, like, it's just it's for me. It's just it's, it can be life giving. Because, like, because, yeah. like, um, from the children's director at, at my old church, it's drastically different from Kate. But like, but like, still seeing growth out of both and how they both operate differently, but still seeing how cool God uses both of them and how I can be part of both situations. Yeah. And like and like to partner with that and like seeing kids grow in that way is cool. When you read the New Testament and you have Paul's letters, Paul's writing to different church communities. And there's a reason why they have different issues. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like people. Nobody has the same two issues. You might have similar issues, yeah. but they're going to be different. Yeah. I love that. You kind of mentioned it earlier and I made a note so I wouldn't forget when you were talking about, um, you know, the church is being a living thing. We're talking about individuals, every individual personality 
And you said you can get into that comparison. And we do that with big ch- with churches, not just individually. Yeah. And there's kind of this, there's this psychological idea of comparison versus compassion. Yeah. And so when we have self-comparison, that's like looking like, oh, I'm not as good as her. Or, yeah. oh, I'm better than that. or And we can do that with like any living thing, a comparison of church, like, Oh, I'm a bigger church than them. Therefore, they must I'm, be better. Yeah. Or, you know, like, oh, yeah. they're inauthentic or whatever. We do this comparison. But what is a better mind shift that if you look at a life force that way, whether it be self or church or whatever, it's compassion of having um, the mentality of saying something about yourself of like, I'm I'm exactly where I need to be in my faith. Or like, oh, I, I worked on my sin today yeah. and having a compassion it's very different than a comparison. Yeah. Well, and, and that goes back to churches. Like, mm-hmm. and I've said this before: is that if you think you found the f- perfect church, once you got there, you ruined it. <laughs> and 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 I think, oh, dang it. Yeah. <laughs> but this, if we look at the whole idea of if what God wants from us is He wants a healthy church. He doesn't want a perfect church. Mm-hmm. And healthiness takes work and effort. Yeah. And I, and you know. Yeah. I've been a part of several churches. I've worked in five churches throughout my career. I've been in ministry 20 years. And every single church had its distinction, and every single church had they had similar issues, and yet they also had dissimilar issues. And what separates churches that are growing and vibrant, and this goes back into the signs of life, is, you know, there are seven signs. You have movement, reproduction, sensitivity, uh, use of energy, nutrition, excretion, growth, and development, right? And each of those have something to it. But every single one of those also describes cancer. Mm. Like we, I, we can't, life doesn't always mean healthy or productive life. It doesn't mean good, uh, 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 vibrant life. And yeah. sometimes churches, they're moving, but they're moving in the wrong direction. Yeah. Or uh, they're, they are reproducing, but what they're reproducing is toxicity. And we're watching this without getting into the things in the media right now. We're seeing all kinds of major churches. And small churches. The major ones just get the air because they're huge, right? But we're seeing in small churches and major churches alike, and we've talked about it in the podcast and from the stage, is that I really think that one of the things God is doing is he's starting to clean house and saying, no, I want healthy churches. I don't want big churches. Not that there's anything wrong with a big church, but cancer gets really big. Like big does not mean healthy. God wants a healthy church. And I think God right now has been, and he's done this throughout history. We see that in the early church. I think God is in the business right now where he's, he's focusing on we need to stop making the goal of assuming that's because something is big, it's healthy. Mm-hmm. And and as somebody who's struggled with, with weight my most of my adult life, I'll be the first. Like there's muscular big and then there's fat big. Yeah. And both are big. <laughs> one's healthy. One's, and here's the thing, even, even from a muscular perspective, if you're not eating healthy, if you're just – yeah, that, you can have a false sense of bigness. Yeah, going because me going back into working out and like getting talked to like you or Jeremy or somebody like people who are in the fitness world, and one because one of the questions, I appreciate that you put me in the fitness world. Well, Thank yeah, you. Yeah, because like you, because you, you you go consistently. Because yeah. that's because that's skipped by me. But yeah. whatever. <laughs> you, can, you can't always look at someone and be like, oh, they're fit. Yeah, or they're healthy. No, because yeah. most women then you're you're probably looking at women that have eating disorders and saying, yes. oh, they're fit. Look at how healthy they are. But it's, it's so same cr- thing with men. It's yeah. so it's so crazy because like 
Um, cause I, cause I, especially if I talk to, especially like if I think of Jeremy, cause he'll ask me music questions and then I'll ask him like fitness questions because like, and just how honestly sometimes in that, in that organism, how that can be so similar. Yeah. So I, cause he, he I think he asked me one time, the be- great, like the greatest example of like me and him always say is just like, I, he asked me one time. So I, I watched this uh, guy play guitar and, um, he was, all he was doing was playing power chords. And I was like, then that's not worship music. He was playing heavy metal, and I, I was like, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, because worship, worship, yeah. worship guitar is this is just a dramatic another feel. And I was like, so I, I was like, so I went into the gym. There was like thirty people in the gym, and like I, I have this circuit I'm trying to do, and I'm and I'm seeing I'm seeing this guy. He's like 6'4", 280. He has like two 40 pound dumbbells doing two reps and then walks around for 20 minutes. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> he was like, yeah, that's, he was like the same thing how you say like some, t- like some people think they pick up something they think they can just do it. Well, and that's, and I think when we look at it from a church perspective, so let's bring it back. We're not, this isn't a fitness podcast, <laughs> I promise. Not uh, yet. When, when we look at churches, I don't think people realize is that there are some churches that are incredibly healthy, but they're not huge. Yeah. 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 And, and you, wouldn't, you wouldn't know maybe you, that. And sometimes you may not know, and there are churches that are really small that have a very healthy organization, and if it's God who grows this church, it might be God just said, hey, uh, this church is going to grow in other ways. Being able to maintain something you've built doesn't mean you're not doing something well. I think our Western culture is so high productivity, (laughs) that growth, 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 build, 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 more, more, more. And it's like, once you build something what did you build it for? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you have to be able to maintain something. And I think that's where that, that stress point is, is because, okay, so let's look at those signs of life. Okay, so movement. We define movement as, and some of this came from a guy named Mike Breen, who we do some of our discipleship stuff from his, the work he does. But movement is, are we moving in the direction of where God is calling us? Like, are, do we, are we spirit sensitive so that when the spirit says move, we move? Mm-hmm. Um. I know you're, I move, you move, right? I get, for all our, all our people out there who like rap, you, you're welcome. Um, but the second one is reproduction. Now, here's the part, is that a sign of a healthy church is that it is growing, yeah. but it never promises how big you're going to get. Yeah. There are some churches that are so faithful, and they may say two people who come to Jesus, but like Billy Graham. We look at Billy Graham, and it's easy to go, wow, this guy had a huge influence, but what about the one person who led Billy Graham to Christ? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It, was, it, was, it was one person, and he, that person never saw the millions come to Christ, yeah. but he led Billy Graham to Christ. And, and that's the part where when we compare, when we move into that yes. assuming, but I, on the flip side, we can also, and this coming from, I've been a pastor at a small church. It's interesting that pastors in small churches immediately get in the defensive postures. Well, we're, we're just working on being internally healthy. Yeah. And, and so it's a flip, there's, there's, both, both. You can't be stagnant. That's right. Both gutters are really yes. dangerous, right? One is, it's if we're growing in numbers, we must be healthy. The other one is, if we're not growing in numbers, we're 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 more we're, spiritual. We're working on us, yeah. We're more spiritual, and Jesus defines the growth of the kingdom as make disciples, yeah. and then that that sensitivity, awareness of God and others, self and mission, um, the use of energy, which in here was uh, um, when you breathe in respiration. It's that are we obedient in the spirit, nutrition? Are we feasting on Jesus and the word of God? Now, this is the one that everybody, the, the word is so gross, but it's true, is one of the signs of life is excretion. That <laughs> all organisms get rid of things that are not useful or are toxic or unhealthy. Yeah. 
And, and you can think of it as like the gross word for excretion, but you can also think of it like that refining fire. That's right. Yeah. And it's it's getting rid of things. And then mm-hmm. the last one is that all things that are have life grow and develop or mature. And here's the, here's my question. Okay, so when you look at that list, is there one that really stands out for you, for you personally? Because none of us are perfect. The goal is not perfection. The goal is health. And I can point to like five on here that I'm like, I could do better here. Yeah. Um, I was actually kind of not annoyed. That's not a good word. That's for lack of better vocabulary. But when you you kind of skipped over sensitivity and you read like the little note next to it and you kept going, like that one, that one was what got me the most. It's like sensitivity. We kind of talked about it in the read through. It was like, break my heart for what breaks yours. But I even just think of like, (laughs) I'm in a season of my life where I'm become, I feel like I'm a generally pretty self-aware person. I feel like I have a pretty high emotional intelligence. I I can read the room decently. Um, But I am in a humbling season of where it's like, I'm not as aware as I Mm. thought I was. Mm. And I don't really know my effect on everyone that I'm not, I don't always see everyone Mm. the way that God sees them. Yeah. I don't always see how I interact with others or how others interact with me and what that means in God's greater kingdom. Like, I don't have a kingdom mindset to my awareness always. You know what I, I, I love about that, Kate, is I think churches don't always aren't always aware of how yeah. other people perceive them. Right. I mean, I think right now in our world, the religious right movement. Mm-hmm. And when I grew up, I got saved going into the 90s, 1989, and the religious right movement was at its heyday. Like... Mm. All, they were still on TV. I mean, we were we were dominating the news feed. I mean, all these things. And my non-Christian friends, they didn't see the religious right as people who look like Jesus. They saw them as jerks. Yeah. Wow. People who cared more about being. Yeah. That they just saw people who, instead of people that were loving and compassionate and pointing people to Jesus, they were people that just wanted the world to be Christian like them. And then they defined what Christian meant. Yeah. So you had to agree with everything they did. And if you didn't, you weren't really a Christian. Mm. And it's easy to fall into as a church is we can start going, well, with no no awareness of how, like, if I were to ask the average person in Clear Lake, how do you perceive Zion? What would I hear? Right. Right. Would they hear, man, it's a church who loves our city? Or would they hear, man, it's a church who just wants their name to get bigger and bigger and right. they just want to be the center of everything? Like, I mm. hope it's not the latter. Right. But it's, I think. But are we sensitive to it? But are we sensitive to it? Yeah, you think of like when you're out evangelizing, not to just keep going on this, but you're talking about that like that 90s mentality that like led. I I grew up in an era where it was like purity culture. Yep. And it was like, right, yeah. And it was really damaging to me as like a young woman that had been sexually abused. Yeah. Like that's. Horrible. That's how you made me feel. Your damaged like, goods. Damaged goods, yeah. right? Like, who would want this piece of chocolate? Jesus did. This piece of chocolate. <laughs> you know, and they pass it around the classroom, and, it, like, they unwrap it and pass it around. Like, who wants to eat it now? I'm like, what? Yeah. That really happened in classrooms around America. Like, that's uh, yep, so I re- No, I remember that. And it's like, but, like, even being, like, culturally sensitive to other people, when you go to share Jesus with them, if they came from the Middle East or from an area where maybe... Uh, like their their background was very different, way more welcoming. I was just talking to an individual that was from um, Georgia. It wasn't Sean. There's other people that live. Well, Sean's there. wife, Ashley. <laughs> it wasn't Ashley either. And he was talking about like Midwest culture is is can come off very standoffish. Yeah. It can, and yeah. it's not. And it's I think it's because I think Midwest culture just doesn't really like small talk that goes too deep. 
They're yeah. like, we don't we don't talk about don't that stuff deep. in the grocery store. We don't talk about Bruno. Yeah, we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> no, no. no. no you know? And it's just like, are you culturally aware of that when you're trying to share Jesus with other yeah. people? Do you, are you sensitive to where they're coming from and how you affect them? Yeah. How about, okay, anybody Sorry, else? No, no, it's okay. It's okay. What of those, is there one that stands out for you? You're like, man, this is an area where I feel like the Lord might be, is working. Nutrition. Nutrition. It's mm. okay. it, it just because, like, I'm just, I'm so used to pouring out. They're like, I just got to, like, like I, so I was like, I, I, I got to step back for me and be able to, like, nourish and nourish in Christ to be filled back up so I can, so I can pour back out. And so that's just, for me, that's the biggest one for me. Yeah, um, yeah. cause like, cause I'm, I'm an emotional based person. So like being sensitive is easy for me Be, and like, and I can use energy all day. Like, but like when I, but that, but that nutrition for me is just really the just, word of like actually going to feast yeah. on the word and, and being with Jesus and not just, yeah. Cause, cause sometimes I get yeah. lost. Cause like, um, cause I, I, I'll be, I listen to worship music 24 seven. Like I really do. And like, it's not because he's listening to it right now. He has it in his, ear. <laughs> I'm joking. Well, like, <laughs> like quickly told me one time, my brain's a 24 seven radio, but like, I get it. I get it. So, so like, it is hard for me sometimes just to stop to feast. Cause sometimes like, like, I'm just like, I can't like, I, like, because I'm constantly listening to music and I just, I just like let it yeah. roll. And then I, I have to like intentionally stop to feast on the word of God and or to do intentional worship in a different way. That's not just music because worship is not just music and stuff like that. And like feeding on God is not just through singing, it's through prayers, it's through yeah. fasting, through all, all the other things. You know how sometimes you say like worship is a lifestyle yeah. and being like adding nutrition as a part of your yeah. lifestyle. And that's, that's, that's literally the reason why three years ago I made that phrase. If it's just like worship is a lifestyle. Because like that was that's when I started noticing. Then it was just like, man, I, I'm really drained, and I was like, oh, it's because like I need to like do this in everything that I do, and it feel, well, like feel and your life out. often reflects what's going on in your spiritual yes. world, and so yeah. like a lot of people, we 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 have a lot of spiritual junk food. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> like, and I don't just mean like Christian pop stuff. I mean everything is spiritual. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if I'm, if all I'm doing is feasting on garbage all day, yeah. that has a spiritual effect on me. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I'm feasting on something so I could be binging the new Netflix thing. Yeah. yeah. And that's still feasting. I'm just not feasting on right stuff thing. that brings yeah. life. But yeah. even in the church, how many Christians, they want to read somebody else's what God has done in their life instead of letting the Lord speak into theirs. Mm. Yeah. And like, I remember that sure. phase where I was just consuming books from John Ortberg and Philip Yancey and they were all good. But they weren't applying to me. I wasn't yes. wrestling with Jesus. I was just gorging on secondhand food. That's like oh, doing wow. like a carb-free diet when it's like, maybe you should have some carbs. As you're you know? getting angry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you, you know, need a carb. Like, you, you do. Like there really is a fullness to your diet. And you can think it's good things. Yeah. It's, there's nothing wrong with reading these other books or supplemental things. Or like I think yeah. of John and I went to another church's worship night. Was like, <gasps> you I did what? We did. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I, know. I did. I wasn't even going to tell you, but not publicly. I already knew about I it. <laughs> I told him. But we went to I this other church. I pray for your soul. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> 
Um, anyway, and it was like, I told John, I said, I'm so excited to just go and consume yeah. this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I didn't have any, no other expectation to just like. Sean was on piano. I heard that. I know. I tried not to look at him. I was like, I didn't know <laughs> yeah, you were going to be like, here. And now you see not here. Now we here. have to talk about I this. I won't tell if you don't tell. <laughs> Brett was just there kidding. too. I, it was a really wonderful time. But anyway, so that yeah. like that feeling of like just consuming something. Was that really a good heart posture for me? Mm. It could be like if you're famished. You know what I mean? If I'm famished, yeah, but I needed you just being aware of that, you know? Well, I think that's a. So I I wrote in my my notes here uh, we have spiritually obese and spiritually starved people, malnourished people. And it's like I, a binge. <laughs> like I know a lot of people who binge on stuff because they're so mal- malnourished and then yeah. when they actually they overconsume yes. and they just they get bigger and bigger and that's when it says knowledge puffs up. Usually the people wow. who are the most Aryan yeah. in their faith are spiritually obese people. Yeah. It's yeah. people who who that's are good. so I, I know all the theologies. Great, but do you know Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you be the hands and feet? I know you can. Re- it's like good. I know hunting. you can eat. Yeah, you read about it. <laughs> yeah. like, sure, but can you That's do it? That's such a great moment. Such a good moment. No, I'm ne- never not going to think spiritually obese. The next time I hear somebody go on off like a, on a theological rant or something, I'm just but like, the spiritual obese people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and I'll speak to that in my like. There was a season when I was in school, and it's hard when you're in school not yes. to do this. Yeah. Because all of my time was consumed reading yeah. and writing and processing and writing and yeah. reading. Especially at a Christian school. And so yeah. I, I'm at Northwestern and doing my MDiv, and here I am. Every conversation was theological in nature. I didn't know how to have a normal conversation. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. real, though. Yeah, and I remember my, my pastor, I was giving a message, and I was literally vomiting out all of the stuff that I had learned. And he goes, you know, Jason, give it about four years after school. You're going to realize how nobody cared about 80% of what you just said. <laughs> and he wasn't wrong. Yeah. And I, I look at how much my, my preaching and teaching has changed. Mm. I care way less about downloading information to people mm. than I do of helping them understand the heart of what Jesus is trying to get to. And it wasn't that I was trying to impress them. It's that I, I was consuming so much. I had to, it was, I was almost stuffed mm. to the point that it had to come out somehow. Yeah. And that's not to like okay it but there is a real i this idea for people that are like neurodivergent or that have a different way that our brains work is that all that means most people are considered neurotypical i'm neurodivergent you're yeah neurodivergent and part of that is a love language called info dumping it's a very real Mm. thing for people and i also do that right here high five Info dumpers. Well, and, and so, uh, you know, it's funny as we were saying this, and I may actually bring this into the message on Sunday because, again, we record before yeah. Sunday, is, you know, what allows nutrition? Nutrition is what feeds all these other things. Yeah. But when you don't exercise, when you don't have movement, when yeah. you're not reproducing, when you're not being sensitive, when you're not yeah. using the energy, when you're yes. not excreting, you're just consuming. You're just obese then. And and nutrition yeah. is, we we feast on the word of God so we can go out and exercise our authority yes. in Christ. I need to write that Come down. These are all... These are all interconnected. That's right. Did you just speak in tongues? <laughs> <laughs> we feast on the word of God. I thought you well, said yeah, Sean just, Hopple at first. Yes, it's Sean I liked it when um, Derek, last night, Pastor Derek at youth, both John Hopple and Sean Lumpkin were up on stage with the youth band. <laughs> and he was like, he was just extra giggly for whatever reason. Pastor Decker must have had a good night at Z youth. He was in a good mood. And he was just saying something because about my son like, lost his Sean shoe. John. And he's like, Sean John. That's their names. Sean and John. Sean John. And he kept saying it. And I, yeah. all I could think about was Puff Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I really like that point about nutrition. Like, you, yeah, what's, what's the point of eating food? Like, if we, if we took it literally, what's the point of eating food? It's not just to eat food. It's so that some you people have, it is. That's the problem. But that's the problem is you mm. you're not you, you're not eating it to, to just nourish. eat it. Yeah, yeah. you you want to eat it so that you can get up and move and do things and. And that's the other thing of like, there's that Japanese word where it's like, um, I'm not hungry. My mouth is Maria lonely. Kondo? No. <laughs> what? Her name is Marie. What did I say? Maria. Sorry, I missed an no, A. My apologies, no, Marie. Marie. Uh, I, I wasn't even talking about her. You said no, it's just a Japanese word, yeah, and I think a cleaning. Japanese word for I'm not hungry, but my mouth is lonely, and it's that idea of snacking. There's <laughs> That's a real amazing. word. It's a real yeah. word, and that idea of like eating just to fill this God-shaped <laughs> hole that you have, like, you know you should, and I'm probably hungry, you know? Can I just say my mouth is lonely a lot? I know, I, well. I know. I, I literally have snacks right next yeah, to me, Yeah, but they're guys. healthy snacks. Whoa. <laughs> Look at the soft sugar. papaya or mango, mango. or whatever. Yeah. All right, so, all right, okay, so what was this? Is there one that stands out to you? Well, I think the last one on the list is grow and develop, and, like, the 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 point of that is like maturing more in your faith and getting to a point where you're, you're looking more and more like Jesus. I feel like when I think of grow, I mean, that's a good thing when, when plants grow, it, you know, they, they go from being little sprouts to being flowers and bloom and, you know, whatever it is like, but that requires a change. You know, I think mm -hmm. of growing as being a good thing usually. Yeah. Um, but it, can be hard to shift from one place to another, especially if you're really comfortable with where you're at and what you're consuming and where you are, like. Yeah, sure, like where your movement is, who your disciples are that you're, yeah. you're talking to. I think sometimes all of these other ones, movement, sensitivity, reproduction, nutrition, a lot of them, if you are utilizing them to say that, if you are moving in the direction that God's leading you, if you are doing your best to make disciples in small ways and big ways, if you are, you know, being aware of what the Spirit's doing or, or trying to, you know, you're, you're opening yourself up to mm -hmm. that, you are growing naturally. And that's like I think of... It's a byproduct. It yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's yeah. like they'll know, they'll know you by yeah. your fruit. Yeah, and you're, you're like what you... And it's not something that you can actively... Uh, produce like oh, bam got an apple here we go it's 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 a byproduct it, yeah. it's yeah not all byproduct hard. is bad that's well that's right that's so, right well and uh, so I was thinking about it and the one that there's two that stand out to me right now that I'll say that in a, one is nutrition mm -hmm. and my issue is is that sometimes I'm exercising too much and I haven't given myself enough nutrition yeah. so that I'm actually operating off of the spirit and not off of just Jason. Yeah. But oh. the one that really hit me was breathing. Mm. Um, mm. Sometimes I catch myself where I'll stop breathing for a moment and I catch myself that I haven't taken a breath. Mm. Oh, I, because I, I'm like, why do I feel weird? Oh, I haven't breathed in like 30 seconds, right? Uh -oh. Have you ever done those um, like meditation apps? I don't, not to, this doesn't change the subject, but one of the times I was listening to something and they were like talking and then all of a sudden they said, now unclench your jaw and relax your shoulders. Yeah. And I had no idea that I had yeah. been sitting there like 
like a little troll yep. hunched over. So I, I've been, over the last couple of years, I've been working more with um, body awareness, yeah. meditation. And meditation is a very biblical concept. So mm-hmm. I used to think it was, an, a, you know, stop being New Age and, <laughs> and right. Eastern, and it's not. Yeah. I mean, first of all, Judea, Ju, Judaism is an Eastern religion. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yep. And so a lot of that is contemplation mm-hmm. and being fully aware of my body. And, and this is one of the things that I've caught is when I'm stressed mm. or when I'm in deep thought, Sometimes I'll stop breathing. Hmm. That is fascinating. <laughs> yeah, and I've caught myself doing it several times. Where I'm like, oh, I got to catch a breath, right? Weird. And on the other side of that, like, so I, I hurt my shoulder this last week working out, and so I can't lift right now. And it's it's actually it hurts a lot. Mm. So I've been doing the treadmill, and I haven't worked out my I haven't done cardio forever. Because that's not a muscle I work out. I'd rather lift weights because from a health perspective, lifting weights is actually better for you than, than aerobic exercise on the long run. Yeah, you're not burning um, keto. But you have to do, you still have to do cardio because you have bodybuilders who still have heart attacks. Why? Because their hearts are incredibly weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, you know, they're, they're fit. They got almost no body fat, but their hearts can't keep up with all the blood pumping. Yeah. And everybody's like, you still got to do cardio, Jason. I'm like, yeah, but I hate cardio. <laughs> and then I realized that's that's true spiritually too. Mm. Yeah. I actually would, I'd rather do it in my own. I'd rather, like I get I get caught in my head. It's that neurodivergent yeah. info dump. I'd rather take the time. And, and I feel like when I was looking through this, I felt like the Lord was like, Jason, it's that spirit-filled, empowered, directed life and prayer. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I have an almost allergic reaction <laughs> to um, prayer because I, I saw it so poorly modeled. Not That's wrong. It's not that I didn't see it. I saw it poorly modeled. There was often shame attached to it. Yeah. Like you're not praying enough. You need to do, you know, you need to get up at 5 a.m. or 3 a.m. and pray for an hour. And I do that in 10 minutes and I'm spending time with Jesus because I'm asleep. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I felt like the Lord's like, Jason, you need to learn to breathe more. Mm. Not just, and some for some people to breathe means they need to rest. I actually feel like I Sabbath pretty well. Mm. For the most part, my issue is is that day to day, am I breathing in the spirit? Mm-hmm. Mm. Am I am I or am I do I stop breathing mm-hmm. because I'm caught like, up? Not to interrupt you. No, sorry. Okay. I love that, and and that's just that's so powerful for me right now. I guess I didn't really think about it that way, but I agree. Even to go along with that sensitivity, like of being aware of the spirit, and I think of Jesus. I don't remember what sermon it was, whether it was here or somewhere else, that somebody had said. Jesus was interruptible. Yeah. And I think about that all the time when I, because I can get these like blinders and I bulldog through my day. I'm going I'm to get it done, you guys. If there's 24 hours and I only need to sleep four, I'm working the rest of them. And I just, I get this bulldog blind, blinders and being able to like stop, breathe. If you don't have that breath and you don't have that energy to be um, present, You'll miss the sensitivity. Yeah. You can't be sensitive to the things around you if you're not present. Yeah. And and that's a lot of lifeless Christians. It's because they don't actually take in breath or yeah. they're breathing yeah. in the wrong thing. And that's the part for, I think, when we look at signs of life of where this whole point of this, this message is that we need to be awakened to life in Christ. Yeah. A wholeness in that. You know, Easter, we just talked about Peter getting the second chance, and yeah. he didn't, he didn't, and not even a second chance, he got new life. He got, he was restored. That 180. And we need that. His mercies are new every day, Amen. and we live out of that mercy. And I wonder if someone were to come to our church today, would they look and say, hey, that's a vibrant church? Is it an asleep church? Because mm. yeah. again, when you're sleeping, you're still, Wake up, you're sleeper. still alive, but are you awake? Mm-hmm. Um, 
are, what type of life are we? Are we a healthy life? Or would, does somebody come in and go, man, and I think it's so unappealing when you walk in, if you've ever been into a church that's not healthy, at first it may look like it's healthy, and then you realize it's dry bones rotting. Mm. And very quickly you're like, ah, I need to be somewhere else. Yeah. And my prayer is, man, I it's want... unsettling. Yeah, I want Zion to be a place that when people walk in, they go, man, this place is so alive. And I don't just mean energy. Yeah. It's like, like the things that you don't realize with hospitality where like, you know, your mom or grandma's running around putting out stuff. Like nobody cares if that's done, but they notice the difference, yeah. you know? Well, you walk yeah. into a church where you can tell people are excited to be there. Yeah. Um, you hear it in the worship. You know, I know in the music, there is something to be said about when God's people are singing. One of my favorite moments during worship time, the music part of it, is when the people are singing louder than the band. Mm-hmm. And it just washes over you. And this is the picture we see in Scripture in Revelation chapter 1. Uh, is holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Um, worthy is the Lamb that is slain. I mean, we, we look at this and there is, when the church is alive, when the church, when, when we are a church that's alive, not existing, but alive in Jesus it is amazing how attractive that is because most people are looking for life. They're just looking for the wrong places. Yep. Mm-hmm. Looking for love in all the wrong places. They're looking for life in all the wrong places. They're trying yeah. to find life in sports. They're trying to find life in yeah. drinking or going to the club. And man, I think about there's a guy in our church who he's going to be sharing his testimony here in a couple of weeks. Um, he, we were just talking. He's like, Jason, I never imagined that I would be here. That's awesome. He's like, I just, I never pictured that my life would be like this. I just it never crossed my mind. And He's going to be getting baptized soon. I mean, the guy is just so on fire. But the reason why he's on fire is he thought he had life at one point mm. until he tasted of the living water, yeah. a real of a resurrected life in Christ. Well, hey, um, guys, I think I'm excited for next week. Next week, we're ending this series. Mm-hmm. And then we're actually going to be getting into um, a series called Testify, which is all about testimonies. And we're going to be sharing some testimonies mm. and some people... Fun um, stuff. Yeah, it's going to be good stuff. Uh, well, hey, it's almost, it's been almost an hour. I'm really hungry. So, <laughs> speaking Hi, of nutrition. Hi, Kate. Hi, Kate. Yeah, that, that's oh, my line. That's a dad joke. That's yeah. my line. <laughs> it's not my line. It's fine. I never say that. <laughs> Down with the patriarchy. Yeah, I get it. It's a, it's a person joke. It's a person right. no, it's patriarchy. All right. Well, hey, guys, thank you so much. If you found this helpful or encouraging, do me a favor, share it with somebody else. Uh, you can go on our podcast, on the Apple podcast, leave a comment. Uh, I continue to hear people listening. So for you faithful listeners out there, thank you so much. I'm Jason. I'm Kate. I'm Sean. And I'm John. This has been the Breakthrough Breakdown. Peace. See we you later. Love you, Bob Goff. <laughs> love you, Bob Goff. Thank you for listening to the Breakthrough Breakdown, a Zion podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, and check out the Zion app. Share this episode with your friends so they can tune in as well. We'll be back next Wednesday with another installment of the Breakthrough Breakdown.